0: Our speaker today, Calvin Forrester, continues the series on the book of Nehemiah, sharing from chapter 9. This is Awaken Online, a virtual library of the Sunday morning messages at Awaken Church in McMinnville, Oregon. We're in the series of ne- uh, Nehemiah. Again, we're going to be in Nehemiah 9. But before we start, I want to, um, um, I want to, I'm going to probably start, uh, Saying the scripture before, whenever, if I ever get another chance to come up to here, because after today I might not ever get another chance to come up to here. Based upon what I have to say, it might be a little heavy, but at the same time, uh, it's only heavy because uh, we might not be where we should be with the Lord, right? We, he wants us to be in His presence. And uh, I know at nighttime um, when I start focusing on the Lord, when his presence comes in that room, it's like you, you can't handle it. It's too much. It's too wonderful. His presence is, that's what eternal life is. Yeah. This is eternal life that you may know the only true God and his son whom he sent. That's what it is to know Jesus. And uh, when you know him, you know that he's, he's a good, good father. All, this, all the songs today are just about today, about... Us recognizing his who he is, his value in our lives, and uh, the Israelites and Nehemiah took. They didn't. They they allowed other other things to come into their lives. They allowed other gods, and um, and God had to punish him because he's a jealous God. He doesn't accept uh, competition. Uh, he 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 wants all of us because. He's worthy of all of us, right? He's worthy of every cell, every act of worship that we have. And um, and the the mantra that the, the verse I want to say is uh, is James chapter one verse twenty two. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. James 1:22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. It says, whoever listens to the word... And um, it says, whoever... The, this happens. I, I know the scripture, and then when I try to say it, uh, it all goes... It says, uh, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. Whoever listens to the word and does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away... And he immediately forgets what he looks like, but the man who looks into the perfect law that gives freedom, continuing to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in all that he does. So the the we have we have a worldview. We we picked up worldviews. And we have worldviews of our philosophies of who God is. Uh, um you know, on on stuff in our lives. We we got some we got some weird Christians because of worldviews. I I hear people's uh talking about uh stuff about God and I'm going, wait a minute, where is that in the in the where is that in the word? But I'm I'm going down a rabbit hole here. Uh, let me get back to where I'm going. But uh that's that's uh this is, this is heavy. It was, it was wonderful today. It's like... Uh, um, uh, how about if we pray? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you, Lord, that you've redeemed us. You've called us by name. Without you, we can do nothing. In, in you, we live and move and have our being... I I need you to get me out of the way so you can speak through me that I'll be a vessel, Lord. Speak your heart, your mind, your desire for us to restore us, Lord, back to wholeness so we can properly and faithfully and wholly worship you because you are the most important thing on earth in the world, in heaven, in the universe. In the name of Jesus, amen. If I can start with just a little bit of an analogy. The value of God, what what we do, what we've uh, put our life's focus on, is based upon what we think has the most value. And if I offered you, this is just an analogy, if I offered you a gold coin, or a silver coin without any charge which coin would you choose gold why it's intrinsic value the value in the thing of its in itself obligates us if we're if we're savvy to the value of either one it obligates us to choose the gold we're obligated to choose the gold it says in Romans 1 That they choose, they worship their creation rather than the Creator. We, we're, we're getting our priorities wrong, people. God. And it says, if we search for Him as for hidden treasure, as for silver and gold, <laughs> we got to recognize the value and why we're here. This 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 uh, this life is temporary, and eternal life is coming. It says, uh, "We fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is on. We fix our eyes not on what is seen, but as what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal." So, uh, when we let's, uh, let's continue in in Nehemiah, uh, Nehemiah uh, 9.1. And I've, I've titled this, this message, "Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you." That's James 4.8, four four eight. I'm sorry. So uh, so let's recap a little bit of Nehemiah before I uh, read in Nehemiah nine. It says, um, uh, "So so the Israelites have come back into their land after seventy years of captivity. They've rebuilt the temple." They rebuilt the walls and gates for their protection, and now in gaining back their freedoms, they are once again able to observe and practice the commands of God. And in, in chapter eight of Ezra, it says that for like six hours, this is the first day of was it the feast of tabernacle? That went on for seven. Seven uh, seven days from the fifteenth to the twenty-first, it it says Ezra read for six hours. Basically, it said from the the, uh, from, the from the what it, it says from um, from the dawn to the uh, from the midday, and then every day of that feast. He, he read from uh, the word of the law of God. So in hearing the word of God, they are, were re- they are realizing that they and their forefathers have been in disobedience and rebellion. And because of that, God had punished them by taking away all their freedoms, by sending them into captivity and into slavery. For us today, I think a good, a good chapter, a good verse would be that we could like parallel that would be in Titus 3.3. 3. So now let's, let's go into Nehemiah 9 and start with chapter 1. I mean, verse 1. On the 24th day of the same month, the Israelites gathered together and fasting and, and wearing sackcloth and having dust on their heads. So by wearing sackcloth, it was a public sign. It was an outward sign that they are, were in mourning. They're in deep sorrow and in a state of repentance. Publicly, they wore sackcloth and they put dust on their heads. And sackcloth, sackcloth was a type of cloth made from black goat hair that was a thick, rough, and coarse material that was uncomfortable to wear. Wow. By putting dust on their heads, they were making a statement to God that they knew they came from dust, and to the dust they will return. Do you remember the Genesis says God formed man out of the dust of the earth, and He breathed into his nostrils, and he became a living soul. And then um, as James four tells us that uh, our lives are but a mist that appears for a while and then vanishes. I remember. I remember when. When I, was, when I came home from the hospital from having COVID, I, was, I had to have the oxygen. And I remember because I, I was too weak to go up the stairs to go to bed. And m- my breathing was, was heavy. It was labored. And, and I, I had to sleep on the floor on a little mattress. And I remember thinking... I'm just a. I could be just a breath away from dying. It was. That's. That's where we're kind of going back to. We're going. we We came from dust. We're frail. We're but a mist. And we got to take advantage of every opportunity in our lives, because today we could be here, but tomorrow we 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 gone. Uh, gone tomorrow. Um. Nehemiah 9.2 tells us that those of Israelite descent had separated themselves from all foreigners. So you might ask, what's, what does it, why, why do they do that? Why do they do that? Um, Ezra 6 tells us that the Israelites separated themselves from the unclean practices of their Gentile neighbors in order to seek the Lord. First King says that God tells us, God tells the Israelites, you must not intermarry people of foreign nations because they will surely turn your hearts after their gods, after other gods. And that's small g, other gods. There's only one God, right? Doesn't Isaiah 12... uh, tells us that He alone is God. There is no other God before Him. There is no God formed after Him. There would be no gods formed after Him. So there's only one true God. Um, thank you, Lord. Okay, so um, in the Old Testament, don't marry women or people of of other foreign nations because they're going to turn your heart uh away from God. The New Testament tells us in 2nd, 2 Corinthians 6:14 tells us to not be yoked together with unbelievers. That's talking about marriage. And it says what what does what does righteousness have in common with wickedness, you know? Um and um even if I can say something that's pretty, pretty sensitive, pretty touchy, that even even in our Christianity, we're we're um, we're not to be in sexual immorality. We're not to. God wants us to recognize we have to commit before we get benefits. We could never say, I've tried God and it never worked. He, we have to commit to Him. We have to commit to each other in, in a holy matrimony before we get the benefits. And, and sexual immorality, in, in a crude way, there's a, there's a saying that says, Why buy the cow? Does anybody know the West? When you can get free milk. We're obligated. We have to be committed before we get the benefits of God and of our other significant other. Before we get, we need to get married before we're involved sexually with uh, people. And in, in the church, it happens, happening, and it's it's frightful. It's scary. But um, um I remember mean when um, I remember when I was a when I was a new Christian, I. I met this gal her her name was Debbie. she was a new Christian too, and she'd just come to the Lord and she had just finished a, a very toxic, unhealthy relationship with a guy and um, uh, what what happened was she thought that she needed to be married to have a man for her to be fulfilled and what happened was she met this guy at, at her work. He was much older, which is irrelevant. But he started liking her, and she thought that uh, he was going to fulfill her her needs. In Christianity, she she needed to have a, a time to to get close to God before she just started another relationship with a person. And what happened was she ended up and he was, he wasn't a he wasn't a christian he wasn't a believer he was a pretty foul guy and what happened was she married him and after she married him i don't know if i ever saw her again she she didn't pursue god anymore cuz she thought the guy was going to fulfill her every need do we think I, relationships with and marriage is wonderful with people and our our friendship our relationships but if we think that by us getting married, and we even think that I just need a man, I just need a, a wife, I just need a husband, do we really think, if we think that that person will fulfill our every need and desire, that only God fills our every need and our every desire. They, they accentuate, they help, we're helpmates, mates. but put God first. Jesus said if, if you love your father or your mother, your daughter, your children, your husband, your wives—more than you love me—you're not worthy of me. So the priority, the gold and the silver, the Creator versus the creation—we we were were to get our priorities in order. And um and Nehemiah uh, in Nehemiah they were recognizing their priorities weren't weren't in order. And um let me continue on here on. Here, uh, so in uh, continuing in Nehemiah 9, it says, They stood in their places and confessed their sins and the wickedness of their fathers. They stood where they were and read from the book of the law of the Lord their God for a quarter of the day. That's three hours. And spent another quarter in confession and in worshiping the Lord their God. You know, one of, the, one of the problems that caused them to go into exile, into captivity, into slavery is they didn't fear the Lord. God always emphasized you need to, we, needed to, we need to fear Him in the Old Testament. We need to fear Him. And, and Proverbs 8.13 says... To fear the Lord is to hate evil. Is it, is it up there? Okay. they yeah. And uh, again, to fear the Lord is to hate evil. The New Testament says, hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in, in brotherly love. So to fear the Lord is to hate evil. So I have to ask myself, do I hate evil? I remember one time I, I quoted this scripture to a brother in the church, and uh I remember him saying, I don't have time to to hate evil. <laughs> but obviously he, he he didn't know what the, the scripture said about hating evil, but um do we hate do we hate evil? Do we hate pornography? Do we hate possibly Lust? Do we hate abortion? Do we hate abortion? Yeah. Do we hate the sin of homosexuality? Not the people, but the sin. Do we hate the anger that is in us? Remember, the, remember in uh, Romans 7 says, I do the things I don't want to do. And basically, yeah. we, we have to hate evil. To, to fear the Lord is to hate evil. Where, where am I in my life that I'm allowing any kind of unclean thing, unholy thing to come into my life that compromises my relationship with the Lord? You know, sin separates us. So that we cannot worship God in a in a proper right manner. Do we have do we have a heart? Do we have a burden for the lost? Uh if we can go to uh, James four, I'm gonna read from James four, four, uh to uh four to eight, I believe it is, it's, uh or just four four, it says You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred toward God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. And um, In verse 6 it says that uh, God, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Submit then to God Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail, which they were doing in Nehemiah 9. They realized they needed to repent. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will... Lift you up, you know. One way it says, you know, it says, uh, resist the devil and he will flee. Submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee. How do we submit ourselves to God? Can this could be interactive? What, what's, what's how do you think that we can submit ourselves to God? How do we submit ourselves to God? How do we resist the devil? Any anybody? What's that? O- obey his commandments yes. and what and work, and work? In, the word. in the word. Okay, I heard somebody else humble. to be humble, humble yourselves, submit to God. Listen. What's that? Listen. Listen to God. So, and it's all through his word, right? Jesus is the word, and he. And he came, it says, doesn't it say in uh, Hebrews 4 12, and the word of God is alive and active. Who was telling me that this morning? The word of God is alive and active. I think Jed was. The word of God is alive and active. Sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates the dividing soul and spirit. Joints and marrow. um, It judges the thoughts and attitude of the heart. Nothing in in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. So Jesus said, it is written, right? When he was being tempted by the the devil, it is written. So we submit to God by obeying his word, and we... Resist the devil, and we can use Scripture. No devil, you're not going to continue bombarding my mind with these vain imaginations. 2 Corinthians um, 10 says, that Though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have the divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish, demolish arguments and pretensions and everything that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we will stand ready to punish every act of disobedience once our obedience has been made complete. So we're, we're in a battle 24-7. 24-7. And um, we're, we've got to be wise and savvy to the devil's schemes. So um, Acts 3.19 tells us to repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. the meaning of repentance is the act of changing one mind heart and action by turning away from sin and self and returning to God and again Sin keeps us from receiving everything that God has already given us through the death and resurrection of his son, Jesus. You know, in closing, uh, I'd like to read Psalms 19, 7 to 14. And uh, if we can all see, in Nehemiah's time, they stood when the word was being written, being read. And uh, if we can read, if I'm going to read Psalms 19 and seven to fourteen, I believe it is. Is that right? Okay. And uh, and again, the gold and silver. His word is gold. Can we stand? When and the whole theme of Nehemiah is about God restoring, redeeming, reviving, bringing Israel back to their place and wholeness so that they can worship love and worship and fear God as God has de- had designed it. In the New Testament, the whole theme of the New Testament is God restoring, redeeming us back through His Son, the death and resurrection of His Son to bring us back to wholeness so that we can, proper, we can worship and recognize the only true God, and worship Him and love Him, and, and in, in that we have eternal life. Choose life. It says, Jesus said He had come that we may have life. Spiritual life. Zoe. A lot of people name their kids, their dogs, Zoe. Zoe. Uh, but that's spiritual life. We, we've got the sinful life. We know how to operate in that, right? We were born with the it's funny our parents gave us birth and through them we obtained we got the sinful nature and it's the duty of the parents to kill the sinful nature desire in us to put it put it under right right Kayla you got a she's got 3 kids now right there next to her and that's my daughter and uh she's trying to uh Buffett, little uh, Callen's uh, little desires that he has—that's not necessarily evil yet because he hasn't come to the age of accountability. But uh, uh, it's a pretty, pretty um, hard task, isn't it, hon? So let's read Psalms 19, and um, I'm staying—I'm staying within the time limit today. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> but let's. Not that there's a rigid one. Yes, exactly. But let's. Let's really examine our hearts today. And are we are we really walking in the light that God has given us? It says as children of the light, walk in the light. As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everybody. Do not be overcome evil, but overcome evil with good. And so I'm here we go. Psalms 19, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. It doesn't say your your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The the commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. Um, If I can stop right there, it says the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body is full of light. If your eyes are bad, then your whole body is full of darkness. If your, if your body is full, if your eyes are full of darkness, how deep, how dark is that darkness? You know what that's saying? We've got the two natures. If, our eye, if we're looking stuff through our eyes, through the perspective of sinful nature, we got gloom, anger, rage, malice, sexual morality, impurity, lust, evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these the wrath of God is coming. So, And or if we're looking at stuff through that, then we're, it's dark. Our eyes are dark so our bodies um, are full of darkness. And disease, illness, sickness can come and, and ta- attack us. If the eyes are good, your whole body is full of light. That's the spiritual nature. That's the redemption. That's the nature that the Holy Spirit, because he lives in us, has given us. So we have to look with that perspective of, I'm not going to be overwhelmed. I'm going to walk in the spirit. Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. So let's finish uh, Psalms 19. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the comb. By them your servant is warned. In keeping them there is great reward." Who can discern his errors so we don't realize our our own faults? Somebody needs to point them out to us, right? Sometimes. Who can discern his errors? Forgive my hidden faults that I'm not aware of, Lord. Forgive them. Keep your servant also from willful sins that they may not rule over me. uh, People that aren't saved, we can understand that they're just sinning because they haven't been redeemed. We're, we were sinners, we have sin, we still have the sinful nature, but we are saints now. It doesn't say to the sinners in Thyatira, to the sinners in Ephesus, to the sinners in Corinth, to the sinners in Philadelphia. It says to the saints. We have the two natures, they're in battle with one another. We got to stop feeding the sinful nature. We got to start feeding the, the spirit of God with the word of God that's in us with our spirits it says who uh there we go may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight O lord my rock and my redeemer uh, okay you can all be seated I, if i can just say a few verses from that's coming to my mind is uh Psalms 51. This is after the prophet came to David after he committed adultery with Bathsheba. And it says, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgression. Wash away my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you are proved right when you speak and justified when you judge. And then if I go to verse 11, it says, Do not cast me from your presence or take the Holy Spirit from me. You know, to fear the Lord is to have the fear that we could be out away from his presence. One of the fears of the Lord. I think Tara mentioned that. That fear isn't just terror of wrath, but is God going to take his presence from us? Solomon built the temple, the first temple, and God says, if you disobey me, I will take my presence from this temple. We have the Holy Spirit, so God um, could be grieved, but um, God makes it right in our lives. But uh, do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. So we're, we're at a place to where if, if any of this is, has spoken to you. I'm I understand. Okay. Did you hear that? it said whatever it was said i'm not sure if i understand did you hear that that was weird it's it's dark i think was it google or the assistant said ai didn't ai didn't understand she doesn't understand about repentance that was that was amazing thank you lord wow let's just let's pause let's let's allow the God to manifest his presence. God's omnipresent. We want his manifested presence. It's it's overwhelming. Big Daddy Weave's got the song, He's overwhelmed by God. And you know, my the most profound prayer that I've ever prayed was was the word you. You. You, Lord. You. It's you. Nothing else matters. It's you. And the song that I sing, that I love to sing is in the morning when I rise, give me Jesus. And when I'm alone, give me Jesus. And when I come to die, give me Jesus. You can have all this world, but just give me Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. For more information about Awaken Church, please visit our website, awakenmac.com. That's A-W-A-K-E-N-M-A-C dot C-O-M.